Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. a message I've titled Firm Foundation. It's a story of two builders, or perhaps two listeners, or perhaps two churchgoers. I remember one of my very first um, speeches that I gave in Bible college at Southeastern. I call it a speech because it was only like a 10-minute sermon. Uh, the, the speech guy said, some of you young men that are going to be going into the, the sermon, the homiletics classes, the preaching classes, for your first speech, you may give a, a short sermon. And it, it may have went 10 minutes. It probably went more like seven. And I titled it this, Three Meaningless Things Most Christians Do. Three Meaningless Things Most Christians Do. I thought it was a pretty good title. Aren't you, aren't you captivated by it? You want to know what the three meaningless things most Christians do? I, it still uh, is in my heart today forever because I was around the Bible college scene. I was around the things of God and I saw this. Number one, singing without worshiping is meaningless. And we do it. Number two, studying God's Word without applying God's message. Meaningless. Number three, praying without really communicating to God. Meaningless. And I knew those things, right? I knew what it was to sing and not worship. I knew what it was to read and not put it into practice. I mean, we were at Bible college. We we were majoring in that, right? I I knew what it was like to pray and not really be communicating with God. And the Bible says that when we do that, it's really meaningless. It's pointless. It's as if we're just going through the the motions, right? And so that was the very first speech that I gave and would try to expand it into, into some type of sermon. And I would use some different passages Some from the book of James, where James talks about don't just be a a hearer only, but be a doer, right? Don't just listen to the word, but do it. Or in 1 John chapter 2, where he says, the one that that does my commandments, right? He's the one that, that loves me and knows me. But one passage that I went to was the passage that I read in the Gospel of Matthew about the wise man who built his house on the rock. And so today, I want us to look at that passage in Luke chapter 6. Starting in verse 46. Jesus here concludes his great sermon. We've been studying that great sermon on Wednesday nights. We walked through a couple of nights. The great reversal, if you will. The sermon on the plain. The level place there on the side of, of the mountain. And Jesus here gives us a story. It's a story about two builders. Constructors. It's a story really, he says, of, of two listeners. We could really say today it's a story of two churchgoers. Two church attendees. The end of the sermon, Jesus says these great words. Look, Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? The key Greek word in this passage is do. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do, practice, act upon, What I tell you. You know, today many people call Jesus Lord, don't they? But do they mean it? 
Many people wear the cross, but do they really mean it? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call yourself a Christian? Why do you wear the cross and not do what I tell you to do? Verse 47, everyone, anyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll show you what he is like. Right there you could underline three verbs. What are the three verbs? Comes, hears, does. If it was in the King James Version, and it is this way, it's cometh, heareth, and doeth. Right? Or NIV is he comes, he hears, and, and puts into practice. Right? That's that key Greek word, do, to, to put it into practice. Everyone who comes to me, it's the first step, hears my words, that's the second step, and here's a great one, and does them, puts them into practice. Jesus says, I will show you what he is like. And so he gives a parable. Truth cast beside this, this illustration. Verse 48, notice the construction. He is like a man building a house who dug deep. See that word? It's key. Who dug deep. And he laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against it. That house could not shake it. Could not shake it. Because it had been well built. It was constructed. It was founded on the rock. Right? He digs deep. He gives us this picture. But look at verse 49, our last verse today. Just a short passage. But the one who hears... Gets the first step right. He really he, he, he comes and he hears. But he does not do them. He's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. It was a wreck. Notice that construction. The key word there is on the ground. I'm told that Middle Eastern soil, that Palestinian soil, right? We could imagine that it would get really hard. That it was tough at times to work with in certain seasons. And so you may dig a little bit and you may think that that's firm enough. That's good. That'll be safe right there. And plus, who wants to dig through like Georgia clay, right? I mean, I stopped pretty early, right? And then the plants don't make it, right? But he he digs and he's like, okay, that's, that's good enough. But when the rainy season comes... It's not good enough. It's not on the, the rock. He just, he just put it on the, the ground of that soil. He didn't take time to, and the hard work to, to really dig deep and really get it on the rock. So today, kind of as we end the, the Sermon on the, the Mount, the Sermon on the Plain series that we started on Wednesday, I wanted to say this one last passage because it's so key. It's so important. After Jesus given words of life, He, he gives us a picture of, of two people. So I want to make two observations. Number one, let's notice the similarities. Notice the similarities. What are the similarities? Well, first, both men come and both men hear, don't they? They're both men hear. He says, the one who comes and hears, verse 47, he says, the one who hears, it's implied that he also comes. Both men come. If you will, they come to Jesus. Both men do. And both 
all sorts of people were on that hillside, right? A lot of people had come and heard the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Plain. They had come, they had heard, and Jesus was saying, but are you going to be a, a doer? The similarities are both, both are in church, if you will. Both are hearing the words of, of Jesus. They're there, that's good. They're hearing, that's good. You're here, that's good. You're listening, maybe by podcast, that's good. It's a similarity. Here's another similarity. Both construct the same type of house. They both build a house. Maybe you could say even the same type of doors. Maybe it's the same type of windows. Maybe it's the same floor plan, right? So the similarity is this. They both have similar desires, don't they? They want a house. They both have similar goals. A house, a roof. They both have similar plans. This is We need a, a, a couple rooms here, right? That they have a similar desire. That's that's right. A lot of people come and they they hear and they they may have a similar desire. They may have a similar goal, a similar plan for for their life. What's another similarity? They both experience the same storm, don't they? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. They both experience the same stream, the same wind, the same flood, the same elements. Same attendance and hearing, same house, same desire, same plan, same, same building, if you will, same storm, same problem, same test or trial. Second observation we can make is this. What are the differences? Because Jesus wants us to compare and contrast. There are differences. He says here that one just hears. Verse 49, but the one who hears and does not do them, he just Hears. He's just a, a listener. But the difference is there is one that hears and does. Verse 47, everyone who comes to me hears my words and does them. He does. One hears, one hears and does. I'll show you, he says, what he is like. What's the other difference? I mean, it's basic, right? Our kids could get this. One lacks a good foundation. And one has the foundation on the rock. What's the difference? Thirdly, one house stands and one house falls. One is greatly shaken. It's wrecked. It's, it's ruined. It's lacerated, like the original language would kind of imply. This thing is messed up. These are the differences. So maybe today we sang some, some old songs. I, I like that. I, I almost could rant because, um, like, I love, like, we're going to sing Phil Wickham songs, you know, in a few weeks. I love, you know, modern music. And, uh, and I also, I like really old hymns. And, and all the churches that sing hymns don't sing all the hymns. Some of them get in that little country hymn air. Oh, man, I sing enough of that. But, and, and maybe you're thinking that about some of my high church hymns today. Like, oh, my God. But sometimes I like reaching, like, I, I, I like to know. 1,200? It was written in 1200 and we're still singing it today, right? I like that. And I like that we you know, sang it in you know, early 1900s or in the 60s or whatever. I, I like that. So I think it's neat that we reach back. So let me reach back to another of your childhood songs and see if you remember this one, right? Reaching back to those. I don't want to just stay in the, the, the VBS kid song that we have today with all the motions, but let's reach back to this song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Sing it with me if you know it. Wise man built his house upon the rock. Do you know it? The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. 
I sang, yeah, rains came down. There you go, you can, and the floods came up. Rains came down, and the floods came up. Rains came down, and the floods came up, and washed the house away. Okay, and then the foolish man's house went flat. Yeah, and then what? That's kind of it, right? Yeah. We're doing our kids a disservice. I sat in kids' church and I sang that dumb song over and over. And you know, all I learned was building methods. <laughs> what in the world makes the wise man wise? He built his house on the rock. What in the world? So I come to this passage, right? And I, well, all I know is a wise man builds on the rock and a foolish man builds on the sand. And I guess if I need to build a house, I guess I need to build it on the rock. What makes the wise man wise? Jesus tells us obedience. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. So I, I have issues with that. So I come think, you got to put something in about doing the word. All it is is about a house that washed you. Oh, you, you missed the point. You gave the parable, but you didn't tell us what it meant. What makes the wise man wise? Putting it into practice. It's meaningless to come here today and go, and people will do this. That's probably why at times the church got back away from stuff like this is because people went... Done my thing. Their head was forever. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Right? You could do that and like, that's meaningless. Right? It's also meaningless to sing the modern songs today and go, mm, and, and your heart be out. Right? It's meaningless to say some prayer and bless this food to our bodies and our bodies to your service and have no idea, right, what in the world we're saying. And it, it's meaningless to, to, to study God's word or for me to try to preach God's word and then go out of here and go, well, I'm not going to really do it. I'm not going to really apply it. What makes the wise man wise? Obedience. So this is it. No rock means no application. No rock means no obedience. No follow through. What is the failure in this passage? As Jesus preaches, what is the failure? Building on the sand? Okay, but that's not his point, is it? That's just the illustration. If you stop there, you've done stopped at the kids' song, right? Which we're failing. we got to teach these kids songs, right? What was the one I brought up a, a few weeks ago? Oh, the joy down in my heart, remember? Where? Down in my heart. What's the failure? It's not a failure to hear, is it? In the passage, is it a failure to hear? No, he says he hears. He comes and he, both come and both hear. What's the failure? To do. Is that not our failure in the church today in 2023? It's not a failure to hear we got sermons and podcasts, and we can hear messages. You can hear much better preaching, right, than me. What's the failure? It's the failure to go, oh, that's nice. Yes, I agree with that. And then to go out and not put it into practice. Well, Jesus, I know you say this about purity, but, or about adultery, or about stealing, or about whatever, right? I know you, you preached all this in the Sermon on the Mount, and the Beatitudes, and oh, yes, oh, yes, very nice, yeah. And then to walk out and to not practice it, to not do it. Oh, yes, love one another, encourage one another, oh, oh yes. How, how nice. Not a failure to hear. It's a failure to do. To do. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, right? Moody College there. Great evangelist D.L. Moody said this, every Bible should be bound in shoe leather. Get his point? Do it. Walk it. Every Bible should be bound in shoe leather, right? Nike. You see, well, you know, one day on my Bible reminding me, flesh it out. Walk it out. Right? Do it. So let's think deeper. About three areas, upon three areas. Number one, let's think deeper about the storms and tests and trials. Did you notice that was a similarity here? Same storm for the wise and the foolish. You know, thorn, storms, excuse me, storms threaten to shake all of us. And that, that word shake 
is key in the Matthew text and in the Luke text, right? One house was greatly shaken, but the other one, verse 48 says, it could not shake it. Everybody, everywhere, everyone experiences storms. The stream's going to rise. The tough times are going to come, right? We all have similar circumstances, similar trials, similar tests in this life, in any country, in in any age, right? The storm's coming. Everybody's going to have to respond to it, right? And this is the way that we respond. Are we applying God's Word? Will we stand with the Word of God, the truth of God? That'll help us get through it. But we're all going to be shaken. We just need to prepare for it. One day, Jesus tells us that there will be a final shaking, a final test, a final proof of one's religion. Did you just come in here? Or did you come in here and do? Did you, did you personalize it? Did you put it into to practice? On Judgment Day, there will be a huge proof of your religion. When that proof of that test came, that, that storm, it, it proved. And one was ruined, right? And one day we'll all stand before the judgment seat of God and it'll prove. He'll either say, why did you call me Lord, Lord? Depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. You knew about me, but we didn't, we didn't have a relationship. Personal one. Storms, tests, trials. I want us to think deeper about the second thing, the rock. That's really it, right? The wise man built his house on the rock. What's the rock? Doing, practicing, applying, putting Jesus' words into practice. We know it, right? Jesus is the solid rock. And so are His words. In the 1700s, I believe he was a Virginian. He was a great Presbyterian pastor 1700, Samuel Davies, he asked these words, asked us all these words, very uh, on your toes. Have you ever seen the utter insufficiency of every other foundation? Have you ever seen the utter insufficiency of every other foundation? Have you ever come to see that all other ground is sinking sand? Have you come to say, that foundation's no good. Try this. That didn't work. This, didn't, this wasn't the rock. This didn't bring me fulfillment. This is not good to build upon because it didn't survive the shaking and the test. But have you learned that Jesus and His words are the great foundation? Think about the rock. Think about it this way. Think about Christ's work versus our work. Christ's rock versus our just trying to dig our own little ground. Think about Christ's work versus our work. All other ground is sinking sand, right? Think about Christ's righteousness versus our self-righteousness, right? Which one do you want to build on? Well, building on works righteousness and self-righteousness, it's not going to survive. It's not going to last. It's sinking sand. I'm good enough. I did this. No, it's, it's either Christ and Christ's righteousness or nothing. The great old Baptist preacher C.H. Spurgeon said it this way, Do not build your house upon the moving quicksands of a deceitful world, but found your hopes upon this rock, which amid descending rain and roaring floods shall stand immovably secure. How many of you know the right foundation is everything in this life? The right foundation. The third thing we need to think about is this, going deeper, verse 48. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. He dug deep. 
beyond the temporarily firm ground. Right? You dig a little, that's firm enough, isn't it? Isn't it? It's firm, but it's probably temporarily firm. Will it survive the test? Will it survive the flood, the rain? That's firm enough, isn't it? He, he digs deeper. He dug deeper beyond that ground to the foundation. Ah, the, the bedrock, the rock. You know, what we've got to do in the church today is we've got to get below the surface. We've got to dig deeper. Some people don't go, want to go beyond the surface. That's good enough. That, that's good. Um, I, I'll just I'll, I'll live here in my Bible study. I'll live here in my Christianity, my practice. I mean, this is good, isn't it? But you're not, you're not doing all the words. Isn't hearing enough? No, you have to dig deep. He says he dug deep. He dug deep. And he laid the foundation on the rock. Have you ever thought about why we don't dig deeper? I know why I don't. We get lazy. It's hard to dig deep. I don't want to dig deeper. I, I would be the lazy man. I'd be like, I'm digging. That's firm enough, surely. Is that good enough? Surely that's good enough. That's good enough. Oh, man, it's just too hard. Uh, okay, I'll just do right there. Jesus, I hear your words. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, I'll do that when I hear this. But, oh, Jesus, there's some words that are hard, so I'm not going to do those. Right? And Jesus says, no, go deeper. Get deeper into my word. Get deeper into your obedience. Get deeper into application. First reason why we don't dig deeper is we get lazy. And sometimes that's me. Or number two, how about this one? Sometimes we don't dig deep because we get in a hurry. I would also be me. We want our house so fast that we get in a hurry, right? And you get in a hurry and, and you, 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 you just do it real fast. I don't have time to dig. That's good. I want this house. The, everybody's complaining. The kids need a roof. It's gonna, you know, I'll just do it in a hurry and we slap it together real hurry. And we, oh, Jesus, I don't have to get in a hurry and boom, read that verse and done. I can't really put it into practice because I really hadn't. All I've done is popped a verse of the day, right? Uh, uh, okay, I, this, okay, I, but I'm, Lord Jesus, I'm so in a hurry. How can I ever do your word and put it into practice? John MacArthur said these words The easy way is attractive. The easy way is attractive. It's why he built on sinking sand without the firm foundation. He was lazy or he was in a hurry and he said, oh, the easy way, it's always attractive. In church, easy way is always going to be attractive. You mean I just come here and check this and I don't have... That's attractive. The easy Bible, that's going to be attractive. Going deeper is difficult. I got to thinking about this. There are a couple of uh, occupations that you do not want them to be lazy and you do not want them to get in a hurry. And I thought about this one. Number one is a painter and number two, the other one is an electrician. Right, brother? A painter had better be patient and thorough. If they're not, it's sloppy and it shows. A painter cannot get... You ever tried to paint in a hurry? I do. If I'm lazy, if I'm in a hurry, okay, I won't take that. It's like building on sink. It's, that's terrible. Or electrician... You want to do the job halfway? A brother could tell us some story. If you are not patient and you are not thorough, it's dangerous. It results in a fire. Result in, right? We get lazy. You can't be a lazy painter. Or, or I guess you could. You're not going to be around. You can't be a lazy electrician. I guess you wouldn't be around. You can't be thorough. You're not going to be around. Right? It's not going to stand the test. And he's saying here, you can't be a lazy Christian. You can't be a Christian that's in a hurry. Long obedience in the same direction is what one pastor said. That's the Christian life. 
long obedience in the same direction. Will there be storms? You better believe it. Will the stream rise? Yes, it will. But if you're on firm foundation, you're, you're coming, you're hearing, and you're doing, it's, it's going to last. It's not the easy way, but when it's done, the job is done right. And it's a good job. The electricity flows. The room is beautiful. The house stands secure. The Christian is not shaken and wrecked. Why are so many leaving the faith today? They never built on the rock. They didn't go deeper. That firm foundation. Many have three things today. A, they have emotion without substance. Emotion without substance. Emotions are like shifting sand. Can you imagine if I only did what I felt like doing? Or just lived by my emotions? That's shifting sand. That will not last, right? Emotions are shifting sand. Guess what? So are opinions. Man's opinions. This is not. Jesus' words are rock, right? An opinion, shifting sand, won't last, right? Emotion, try to live by no substance. If you just have emotions and you don't have the substance, the, the, the theology of, of God's word, now emotions need to be there, but you've got to have the substance, right? It has to be real. Then it lasts. B, many have outward expression without obedience. Oh, yes, outwardly expressed. I'm a Christian. Oh, yes, Jesus, and outwardly expressed, but then not to obey. That, that would be a failure, right? It's not building correctly. Many have A, emotion without substance. B, outward expression without obedience. We see it all the time. And then C, many have lips versus lives and lordship. Real easy to give lips to, yes, Jesus, yes. But to give life, to give lordship, to make Him Lord, that, that's what it means to build on the rock. We're all building some type of house on some type of foundation. Today, still, two possibilities remain. So application. It's what this text is all about. Don't let it be a meaningless routine. you got to hear and you have to apply. Application. One pastor in the great state of Hawaii, always thought well, that must be a job there, pastoring in Hawaii, but he actually wrote a, a, a key book about uh, burnout and, and how difficult ministry is. So maybe, maybe it is very difficult there. He travels around. He wrote these words about application. Knowing the remedy doesn't necessarily complete the healing. The difference comes when we apply it. Reading the menu doesn't fill you up. Eating the food does. You see? It's all about application. It's all about the, the practice. Again, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. We've all heard this. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. And that's what C.H. Spurgeon is saying, right? Just to know, that's not to be wise. This man knew, but he didn't do. <laughs> knowledge is the application of it, the right use. One last quote to quote Dr. Howard Hendricks of Dallas Theological Seminary wrote a great book called Living by the Book that, that taught people to study the Bible, how to study the Bible. Observation plus interpretation without application equals abortion. In other words, every time you observe and interpret but fail to apply, you perform an abortion on the Scriptures in terms of their purpose. That has stuck with me for years, ever since I read it. I don't want to abort 
the scriptures. So observe, interpret, but apply. Do, do. Quickly, let me give you ways that we can apply God's word. Ten questions to ask when you read, when you're in here. I can give you these later if you'd like a list. Number one, is there an example for me to follow? As you read, is there an example for me to follow? Number two, is there a sin to avoid? Number three, is there a promise to keep or a promise that I can claim? Number four, is there a prayer to repeat? Number five, is there a command to obey? Number six, is there a condition to meet? If then. Number seven, is there a verse to memorize? Number eight, is there an error to mark? Number nine, is there a challenge to face? And last but not least, number ten, is there a plan I can make? That's really it when it comes to application. When we study the Word to say, is there a plan that I can make? And to be specific, the more specific we are in our application, the better. Right? Sometimes I'm more general in my application, so hopefully you'll be more specific because I can't be specific to each one of you. But be specific. Come up with a plan. Based on this study in God's Word, I will dot, 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 and then complete it. Everyone who hears and does digs deep, practicing. Not a hearer only, but a doer. So the text comes and says this, we've got to follow through. As Christians, we've got to follow through. We've got to follow through to the end. Follow through on all of His commands. So, sir, ma'am, what truth do you need to act upon today? What truth do you know you need to act upon in God's Word? Or maybe to say it this way, what command do you need to follow Two builders. One person had false security. And one had true security and peace on the firm foundation. What about you? Is Christ your firm foundation? He will not fail. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.